Yesterday, the court heard about Najib Razak's pension for the finer things in life, paid for with two platinum credit cards. More than three million ringgit was spent on luxury jewellery, apparently meant for royalty. Today, we found out about how 42 million ringgit from a charitable foundation was transferred to Ambank accounts the former PM's cards were linked to. By the Malaysian Insight, this is The People versus Najib Razak. Follow us into the courtroom where it all happens. I'm Patrick Teo. Day 38 of Najib's SRC International trial was a short one, lasting just under two hours. Judge Nazlan had allowed the sitting to finish early for Najib to attend Parliament the Pekan MP will be voting on a proposed law to lower the voting age from 21 to 18. Yesterday, the court heard how almost 4 million ringgit was charged to Najib's credit card. A bulk of the money was spent at a Swiss jeweller in Italy. Najib has since come out to say that they were gifts for an unnamed royal with good relations with Malaysia. He didn't specify who, but mentioned it wasn't the Saudis or the Emiratis. The prosecution's 49th witness took the stand. Ang Su Ling was the former CEO of Yayasan Rakyat One Malaysia, or YR1M, a charitable foundation. She was petite, with streaks of grey hair framing her round face. She walked very quickly in an attempt to avoid photographers. Ray, tell us why she was called in as a witness today. Ng came in today to testify about how money from Esan Padana ended up in Najib's private accounts at M-Bank via YR1M. Esan Padana was SRC's charitable arm. She was asked to transfer 42 million ringgit to certain M-Bank accounts. This was on the instruction of Najib's private secretary, the late Azlin Alias. He gave her the account numbers and said the money was for CSR initiatives. The 42 million ringgit was transferred out in three transactions of 10 million ringgit, 27 million ringgit and 5 million ringgit to accounts ending in 880 and 906. Ng said she never knew who the account holders were as they were private accounts. We now know they belong to Najib. The prosecutor then went through BlackBerry phone conversations Ng had with Joanna Yu, the M-Bank relationship manager. Ng knew Joanna because she managed YR1M's accounts since 2013. She said she knew Joanna also managed the accounts that she was asked to transfer money to, but again, denied knowing it belonged to Najib. Najib's lead counsel, Shafi, continued the cross-examination. He started delving into her credentials, going through her career. Ang said she wasn't interviewed for the position at YR1M, while she was there, she was involved with projects to improve the quality of life of the less fortunate, mainly the B40. Among other things the foundation did included projects to provide clean water to communities with no access to it and skills training for mum and pop enterprises. Prosecutor Sitambaram interjected, questioning the relevance of Shafi's line of questioning. The lawyer said it was important to establish background. The judge agreed 
but Shafi didn't have to do it in depth. Before court adjourned, Ang gave a breakdown of YR1M's funding. 210 million ringgit from 1MDB, 230 million from the Genting Group, and 3 million ringgit from Petronas. That's a total of 443 million ringgit. The witness said the funds from Petronas were for a special project, but didn't elaborate. Court stood down for the day at 11.25am. Ang will be back on the stand tomorrow at 9am. Now, we would normally wrap it up here, but since it was a short day, we have a bonus behind-the-scenes chat with reporter Timothy Acharyam, who provides us with additional reporting from the court. Here are Ray and Tim. Hey Tim, how's it like having your afternoon off? Um, it's great. Uh, I, I finally get to see the sunlight from being in the gloomy and dark courtroom. There are no curtains, there are no windows, as you know, so it's, you never know what time of day it is. So today was a good, refreshing change of pace. So I just wanted to ask you, how is it like in the public gallery in court? Because a lot of people don't get to see it. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay, now that we are into day 38, I think there has uh, a routine has set in. Um, there are you now that you go into the court, you see the same faces every day. Um, there are rarely any new faces. The crowds have dwindled from the time the case started in day one on April third. Um, so on the so the 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 last four rows at the back of the court are the public gallery and also for media. So where friends and family, lawyers and members of the media sit. And then in front of those benches there is the dock where Najib sits. And uh, before he enters the dock, he always sits on the last, the, the, the bench nearest to the dock. And he waits until the bell is rung and then he heads into the dock. And then after the dock you have on your left side, you have um, the defence. And on your right side you have the prosecution. And then there's the witness stand on the right side, the far right. And then you have the judge, um, the courtroom. To me, it seems like there's a steady routine that's already flowing and uh, yeah, it's the same faces day in, day out. So now we are at day 38 and witness number 49. How has the case been going on so far? There, there have been a lot of uh, information, new information that has come out about how money went from the retirement fund from KWAP. Um, and how it has been utilized, and how it's been used, and how it ended up into uh, Najib's private accounts. Um, witnesses have given us the the timeline and the the storyline of how these things have occurred. So that is paints a clearer picture for us as journalists, because before this information was not readily available. It paints a clearer picture of how this money and what this money was used for, and how it ended up into his account. Okay. Um, in terms of the defense, right? Clearly, Najib is facing uh, some serious charges. Yeah. Do you think they've been doing a good job in defending their client? What has been their tactic so far? Okay, the defense's tactic so far is to, in my, this is my own opinion. Um, they have tried to absolve their client from any wrongdoing. Uh, in in such, they're trying to say that he has had no part and had no knowledge uh, of the 42 million going into his bank accounts. He had very little knowledge and um, all 
everything that was done was done by the former CEO of SRC, Nick Faisal. They have honed in on him and they have tried to use him as the 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 one to pin the blame on for this for this particular case. Clearly, they just want to blame anyone but Najib. So obviously, the prosecution has a long list of witnesses. We are at number 49 now, and with, I'm not sure, how many more to go? Um, what uh, the lead prosecutor, B. Stavram, said Stavram, was that um, there are about maybe 15 to 20 left, uh, 20 to go. Yeah, so it, it, is, it is coming to the tail end. He did refer to it in court yesterday and told the judge that we are at the tail end of the, of the case. And um, it's the home stretch. So we will see, I hope, more revelations and more, more insight to this, to this case in the coming weeks. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned about Nick Faisal, who at the moment is missing. Yeah. We don't know where yeah. he is. But another name that keeps cropping up throughout this trial is Joanna Yu. Yeah. So she is the MBank relationship manager. Yeah. Yeah. And over the past couple of days, the prosecution keeps talking about her, bringing her name up, saying that they will call her. Mm. But for the rest of us, we, we thought she was missing. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, um, yeah, uh, there are a few central characters in this case. And uh, Joanna Yu is one of, the, one of them. You know, you hear Nick Faisal's name mentioned a lot of the time. You hear uh, this other guy, Terence Gay, who was with 1MDB as well. And you hear Joanna Yu. Joanna Yu was, as you said, the M-Bank relationship manager for Najib's accounts. And uh, her name has been mentioned. What was quite revealing was uh, Sitambram did mention last week that don't worry. He, he did tell the defense in passing, don't worry, you, um, Joanna Yu will be here. You can ask her these certain questions personally yourself. And when she comes, I think Jolo's name will be mentioned a lot. That's another person that is... Uh, his name has now increasingly cropped up in the case because she has had communications with him. For the time being, SRC is going to end on the 15th of August. So in the next four weeks or so, other than Joanna Yu, who do you think might take the stand? Uh, it's very hard to predict. Um, Joanna Yu seems to be one of the big names. Um, we know that uh, Jolo is uh, nowhere to be found. I'm sure if he was here, he would be one of the witnesses called. Uh, most of the big witnesses from SRC, board of directors, have been called. The KWAP people, the higher-ups that approved the loan to go to SRC have been called. Um, I don't know. It's very hard to, to preempt who is going to be called. But, you know, that's the big surprise when you go to court every day. Because a lot of times you keep listening to this person's name being mentioned, being mentioned and you know yeah, what they do, yeah. but you've never really seen them, yeah. and then suddenly they now appear. you put a you put a face to the name, so it's 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 quite uh, surprising, and it, that's the big surprise every day. The big reveal is when a witness takes the stand, you know. Before we wrap up, Tim, so mm. we we must not forget our central character, our main character, yeah. Najib. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> how has he been? I don't know, behaving. Has he been? 38 days, how has he been? Yeah, um, it is quite fascinating to watch his behaviour actually. Uh, he's been very cool and nonchalant about the whole thing. He, uh, credit credit given to him for turning up to court early. He's never been late. He always is there on time, on point, at 9 o'clock sharp every day. He sits in the public gallery, he waits when he needs to, when he needs to be there. Uh, what's very surprising is I've not seen any emotion from him. It's always, uh, he's always cool, calm, collected. 
I, I'm sure he listens intently, but um, his gait and his demeanor when he sits is very, very nonchalant. So he, um, that's been very surprising. And he walks around sometimes uh, when there's a longer break. He goes down to the cafeteria or the canteen to have coffee and stuff. And he's like right at home, you know. Uh, people come up to him. He's very jovial. He talks to them. This is a far cry from when he was prime minister, because uh, as a journalist. Back in the day when he was Prime Minister, he was nearly unapproachable. You couldn't approach him, you couldn't talk to him, you know, guards would push you and push you away. Now he's so approachable, you know, sometimes when I'm walking up to the court or taking the lift up to the court, he's in the same lift with us and it's 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 very surreal to see that from when he was Prime Minister to now. As for his uh, demeanor and attitude toward, to, throughout these 30, 38 days, he's been very calm and collected. Is it fair to say that he has a really good poker face? Because he really gives nothing away. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he and that is the epitome of a good politician, really. You know, they have their very good poker faces, and he's learned to master that. You know, he's shown no emotion throughout the case, and these are big revelations coming out about him. Yeah, I have yeah. to say that is quite a skill. Yeah. That's it from us today. We hope that gave you a better insight to how the trial runs. This podcast is produced, written and mixed by Rivati Supramaniam, Yappik Kwan, Yvonne Lim and Ravin Palanisami. Additional reporting by Timothy Acharyam. I'm Patrick Teo.